<laughs> yeah, you're like, that guy, if it's your first time, I do yell like that all the time. That's going to happen a lot. I don't care. You're young. Your ears are fresh. Your ears are fresh. You know, some of y'all Q-tip like every other hour. I know it's true. Who uses Q-tips? They're actually really bad for your ears. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it feels good. There's a message in there somewhere. Hmm. Huh. Hey, how y'all doing tonight? Yeah. Hey, do I got any first-time visitors? A- anybody first-time? Raise your hand if it's your first time. Hi. Ah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <clears throat> I just want to say welcome to Excel. We are the most awesome youth ministry in the state of Illinois, in the city of Chicago, and we're so glad that you're here hanging out with us. We are in a series called Das Cap. It's right there. Salvation Advisory Biblical Content. Das Cap. I love this series. I've been enjoying my time just kind of uncovering scripture and unveiling uh, the cultural lies that, that the world tries to tell us, right? So today, we are going to be in Galatians 5, 22 through 25 in the NLT. Once again, in this series, we're going to confront the lies of culture so that we can fulfill God's call on our lives. Y'all ready to read God's word? I love God's word. It's the best thing ever. On the Sky Bible, hit me with it. Bow. If you're like, what's the Sky Bible? That's the Sky. It's, it's in the sky. And it's the Bible. All right, but if you have your glow Bible, if you have a glow Bible, do you see what I'm? Do you see what I'm doing there? Y'all, y'all need to wake up a little bit. Your phone, pull that out. Here we go. Galatians five twenty two through twenty five says this. We talked about this last week, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Some of y'all can actually sing this verse: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and Yeah, I love it. There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's lead in every part of our lives. Lord, thank you for your word. Tonight, God, um, if I don't do this with you, Lord, then I don't want to do it at all. This service, God, means absolutely nothing if your presence isn't in this place. And we know that you are true to your word when you say that where two or three are gathered, you would be there in the midst of them. And so we say hello to you. We welcome you in this place, God. Move upon our hearts. Reveal these truths to us as we unveil the cultural lies that are being fed to us, God. We know that the truth sets us free. And I pray tonight that we would see change break and lives change and it's all because of you, in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Instead of being driven by the lies and the traps, right, that we've been talking about culturally, right, that we hear or even feel or even sometimes think, Paul gives us this direction, right, and we just read it. Since we are in Christ, living by the Spirit, Let us follow his leading in every part of our lives. The way we think, the way we live, 
what we pursue, what we know to be true. So last week, what did we talk about? Somebody just yell something out. Some, some, something. What did we talk about? Great. Thank you. Last week, we looked at the lie that God just wants us to be happy. And if you're new today, what we're talking about is this issue with this theology that, it's, that happiness is based off of happenings, right? We're happy until something not happy happens, and then we're not happy or sad. We go to Jewel Osco and get a tub of ice cream, and we eat our feelings away. Did you, you, that was a really loud amen. <laughs> Does he do that? Where's your wife? <laughs> Scripture says that the joy of the Lord is our what? Our strength. He wants to give us joy so that we can rejoice always in him, no matter the circumstances. So last week, we talked about happiness over joy and joy over happiness. What is the difference between the two? And what does God want for us? He wants joy. Because when we have joy, we have strength, no matter what we face. No matter what we face. So tonight, we're going to take another, we're going to take another look at another cap that the enemy likes to just and a roll on our way. Amen. Cap. Straight cap. She believes it. Yes. It's this. Throw it on the screen. God won't give you more than you can handle. How many of you have like said that to somebody? I felt so convicted while writing this. I'm like, how, I've been pastoring for like 10 something years. Right, Pastor Ariel? Something like that, right? I've been involved with, with people, all right, shepherding people. And I have said this line. And then I realized during the series, I'm like, that's not true. But it feels great, right? In the moment, we're like, God won't give you more than you can handle. And you're like, you're right. I got this. I work out like Jonathan. Swoliodo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like... You're like, wait, that's a lie? Same thing. I said the same thing to myself when I was writing this. I'm like, that's a lie? I'm like, yeah, it's cap. Everybody say, that's cap. Why is it cap? Why is it a lie? Because there's plenty of times, right, where we obviously are experiencing something that's definitely more than we can handle. For example, do we have that picture? Are you working on it? Because I can tell the story. All right. Okay, all right, all right. Let me tell y'all something. If you didn't know, some of you that are new or second-time guests, I am a United States soldier in the Illinois National Guard. I absolutely love it. I, <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. Part of it is because, like, I'm really crazy, and if it's, like, really sketchy or, like, if you, if you want to go cliff diving or like you know jumping out of airplanes like I will go like that's me I'm that guy and I'm like joining the army bet I'll do it so I did so this is not me okay this is definitely not me but this is a moment in my life where I had more than I can handle this is pickup day Pickup day in the army is the worst day for a soldier or, or a trainee. We don't call ourselves recruits because we are not the Marines or we're not the Navy. We are trainees. This trainee right now is experiencing pickup, experiencing pickup day. What happens is we get all of our equipment issued to us and we're feeling like G.I. Joe's. 
We're like, I got my canteens, which is just for water, but you feel good anyway. Like it's attached to your hips. So you're like, I got it on my hip. It's lit. You know, you get your boots that hurt. There's no fur. You get your, 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 we call it a PC, a patrol cap. Some of y'all just got that. That's all right. (laughs) <laughs> Who's laughing like that? That's awesome. <laughs> we get our PC, right? A patrol cap. We get our hat, all right? That has to be worn a special way. We get our uniform. We're just feeling amazing. Like, this is what I signed up for. I'm literally the rock in the G.I. Joe movies. I was feeling great. So they pick you up, and they're kind of like the drill sergeants. If you don't know, that's a male drill sergeant. That's a female drill sergeant. They have different covers on. And so we get in the, in the bus, and everything's really quiet. You're like, something's wrong. You know, like in, in those movies, like in, there's certain movies where when stuff is like calm, you're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's about to happen? And then you hear like eerie music and then something happens. This was it. So I'm in, I'm in, the, I'm in, the, uh, in the bus. I've got, I've got my green bags. They give you two of those. And that big black bag, still the same thing. Those bags each weigh over 50 pounds. Do the math. It's a lot. That's a lot of poundage. Okay, it's a lot, lots of pounds. So I'm there, you put one on your lap and the other one on top of that and the other one on top of that, you're sitting in this bus. And this drill sergeant was like, congratulations, you have just joined the United States Army. Now get your face in the bag! And then all of them are screaming at you and you're just like, <laughs> Like you're screaming, you don't know what's happening, and so literally on the bus to our site, to our training company, they—I mean—you have to shove your face into the bag, and I'm like, I can't breathe, but I'd rather fight for my life with the bag than with the drill sergeant. So you get off the bus, and they take—they tell you to take these 50-plus pound bags, and you have to carry them, and you have to run. And you don't know where you're going. All you know is that there's a drill sergeant yelling at you. And he's saying all things, all kinds of things about your mama. And he's saying all kinds of things about your daddy. And you're like, oh my gosh, how, who would ever talk about a mom like that? You know, and they, and they chase you down this road. You finally get there. I remember, poor, uh, poor girl. I, uh, her name was uh, Pham, P-H-A-M, Pham. And she was like 97 pounds. She could barely lift that up, you know, lift those bags. As she was coming off the bus, I was, I was on a mission. I was like, I'm going to get as far away from these drill sergeants as possible. And I don't care who's in my way. And poor Pham, I literally ran right over her. I mean, I truck stick her. You know what I'm saying? Like I straight just, I mean, ran over her. She had boot marks on the back of her head and they were mine. And I didn't care because I needed to go. All right. This is a moment. And then you're out of breath and you finally get there. And the second you you get to put those bags on, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't feel my body. What am I doing here? This was a moment. This terrifying moment, this picture, man, you know there's pictures that you can hear? Like, I hear this picture so loudly right now, if you only knew it was happening in my head, all right? So you can take the picture down. This is definitely a moment that was more than I could handle. This was definitely a moment that I was not ready for, that I was not prepared for. This, you know, I didn't sign up for that, you know what I'm saying? But they're like, yes, you did. You did sign up for it. Now you're mine. Um, some of those drill sergeants were incredibly scary. And they're, till today, till today, they're very scary. That was more than I can handle. All throughout scripture, check this out. There are plenty of instances 
where people of God are in positions where they face things that were more than they can handle. So again, we're discovering this lie that's like God won't give you more than you can handle. I'm here to tell you that's cap. Because obviously all of us can sit here today and say, hey, Pastor Izzy, yo, like, hikey, I've been through some stuff that was more than I could handle, that I was not ready for. Like, it was just a punch to the gut. Even Jesus, his closest followers, right, his boys, the squad, the disciples were there, and they experienced moments like this with Jesus, with Jesus, experienced moments that were beyond them. Let's look at one of them. Are you down? You, you trying, to, trying to go on a journey with me? Matthew 8, 23, 27. You got it on the Sky Bible? Blood owl. Says this. Then Jesus got into the boat. Pause. This is a passage that we're going to be coming back to throughout the night. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake. Lake Michigan. With waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Everybody say he was asleep. I mean, he was sleep, sleep. Some of y'all can sleep like that. Who can sleep like that? You're just out. People got to be like, are you alive? Yeah, yeah, for real, for real. The disciples went and woke him up. And they were shouting, right? It wasn't like, Jesus, it's sprinkling. No, they were like, ah, Jesus! <laughs> we're gonna die like there's all of that why listen they woke him up shouting he says they say lord save us oh, some of the disciples naming one of them was probably like save me save me we won't talk about judas it's all right we're going to drown they're like we're going to drown jesus responded this is what jesus said jesus is wild let me pause for a second i'm not going to get through this message because i'm having too much fun Jesus is so wild, and you're going to hear me say that because they're, like, if, you know what a PR agent is? You know, like, like, superstars hire these people to, like, make sure that, you know, that they get social cues and they're being represented well, things like that. Jesus be saying stuff that if I were his agent, I'd be like, Jesus, what are you doing? That's weird. That's just weird. You just spit in the mud and rubbed it on that guy's eyes. Like, that's just weird, Jesus. So this is one of those moments where I'm like, Jesus, uh, I, are, you, are, you, are you okay, Jesus? Did you, did you nap that hard? You ever nap so hard that you wake up, you have no idea where you're at? Are you wake up in another world, you're like speaking another language, you're like, what's happening? This is it. He says this. I love Jesus. He's so dope. He goes, why are you afraid? What's that, What's that meme? The guy's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's this moment. He goes, you have so little faith. <laughs> They're about to die, and then they're getting yelled at. I love it. Then he got up, rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly, everybody say Suddenly. There was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked. Even the winds and waves obey him. And in this chapter in Matthew 8, we see multiple instances where, where we see God's power 
at work. We see him heal a man with a crazy disease. We see him heal a Roman officer servant. Jesus heals one of the disciples' mother-in-law. And then what happens in this moment? So Jesus is doing all these miracles. He's like, you get a healing, and you get a healing, and you get a healing, and you get a healing. Right? Shout out to Oprah. And then all of a sudden, the crowd's like, what's happening? Right? There was ever a fight at school. Like, if there was ever a fight at school, you know, in the matter of five seconds, there's a crowd beginning to gather, and a security guard can't get to them. Some of y'all know what I'm saying. Some of y'all know what I'm saying. So the crowd gathers, and Jesus is like, hey, there's a lot of people here, so let's go on a boat ride. And the disciples like, a cruise? Okay, Jesus. This rabbi fancy. You know what I'm saying? We're about to go. We're about to go on a little boat ride. You know what I'm saying? We're going tubing, Jesus. What's up? Is there a slide? Right? Say, so we're gonna go to the other side of the lake. So they must have traveled, right, some distance. Right? Because what happens to Jesus? He what? He asleep. He's asleep. So Jesus is relaxing. Relaxing. All cool, shooting some b-ball outside the school. Just hanging, hanging out. Jesus had fallen asleep somewhere in this journey. And then out of nowhere, the disciples are like, oh, what just hit, what just hit my face? You know, rain starts to pour. And, you know, the clouds start coming in. And they're like, I think we're okay, right? I think we are, right? I think we'd be okay. It's like, does it happen? <laughs> That's cap. No, it begins, I mean, we're talking like a hurricane, has anybody been in Florida while there's been a hurricane? Yeah. I lived, I lived in Titusville, Florida when I was a kid. My dad worked private security for astronauts at NASA. Flex. Not cap. All right. So I remember I lived through a hurricane called Dennis. Who named a hurricane Dennis? Oh, slapped him in the face because Dennis was a menace. And we lived in a mobile home. Can you like that? We lived in a mobile home. We lived in a trailer. You would have thought we had, like, bags, you know, like some of those lowriders. The thing was, like, doing this. And I was like, Jesus! <laughs> One time my mom left me and my brothers in a storm. They went to go get Krispy Kremes, and me and my brothers were hanging out, and then a storm hit. We thought the rapture happened. I'm like, this is it. I knew I shouldn't have listened to you. You know, we're talking to each other like, this is your fault. You're not saved. I thought you were saved. You know, no, right? <laughs> so, so a storm happens, and, and what goes, what, what, what begins to happen? It was a true story. We were crying. Can you imagine? I'm not going to get through this. Can you imagine my parents walking in with Krispy Kremes, and we're all in the couch? Me and my brother's fighting on who gets to go to heaven, who doesn't. But we got donuts, so that made everything a lot. Lord, thank you for donuts. <laughs> what happens? These waves, you know, as, they, as, as some of these theologians, they, they study this scripture. They said these waves were bashing up against this boat. They were taller than the boat. And so what's happening to the boat is it's breaking. This boat's breaking. And it's starting to fill with water. Boats aren't supposed to be full of water. Newsflash, this is a bad scenario. Imagine the anxiety of the disciples. They thought they were going to go on a Disney cruise, and they found out this is not. This was a lie, Jesus. I don't even know how to swim, Jesus. Imagine the fear they're facing in this moment. You've got one disciple yelling at everyone, giving instructions, grab that rope, pull that down, take that off, throw him off, you know, all that stuff. You got another one in the back in the boat hiding, crying. Oh, yeah. 
I should have stayed being a tax collector, right? You got other people yelling, screaming, we're all going to die. This is just straight pandemonium. This is just craziness. This was more than they could handle. And they're with Jesus. This is more than they can handle. This was more than they had signed up for. This was more terrifying that they had anticipated on this boat excursion. So what do they do in this moment? They did what any other person would probably do. And that they woke Jesus up. They woke Jesus up. Jesus wakes up and says, why are you afraid? (laughs) And where is your faith? If I'm one of the disciples, I'm so mad at Jesus right now. Excuse me? Do you not see what's happening? Do you not see the wave? I am soaking wet. I wore my black Air Forces on this cruise thinking that we about to do like ball or something. And now they're all wet. And now they're all soggy. The crease is all jacked up. And you're asking me why I'm upset, Jesus? I'm afraid. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. These guys are panicking. Jesus says, why? Why are you so afraid? He says, where is your faith? You ever been afraid? I have. That moment when I got off the bus, I was afraid. I didn't really have a lot of faith in myself because those bags were heavy. I like that Jesus addresses them first. You, you wonder why he did that, right? Why are, the, why are they waking him up in the first place, right? Because of the what? The storm. But who does Jesus address first? Them. Them. What's, what's easier to handle for Jesus in this moment? The storm. So he addresses the, the more difficult situation first. And that is little faith. I get it, man. It's hard to have faith sometimes. Especially when you're in over your head. He addresses them first and then he turns around and speaks to the storm. And there was a great calm. Not only was there a calm in the physical, right? Waves begin to die down and the clouds begin to part and birds start chirping and people stop crying. But I believe there was a great calm that rushed into the hearts of the disciples who were with Jesus. Notice two things. We're going to go through two observations. Notice two observations about this encounter. Everybody say two. I want you to write these down. That's why I'm saying this. Number one, Sky Bible. Blow. We can rest in the person of Jesus. We can rest in the person of Jesus. We find the disciples are going crazy. They're scared. We f- look at the contrast. Look at the, look at the contrast. There's a storm and chaos. There's his presence and peace in the same moment. Hmm, that's good. We find the disciples are crazy. We find Jesus sleeping. Here's what I know about sleep. You can only sleep... This is true because I have sometimes have a hard time sleeping. You only sleep when your body and mind are at complete rest. It's true. Some of y'all don't sleep well because your mind or your body is not at rest. Pastor Ariel is experiencing this problem right now because she's pregnant with our baby and she can't sleep, which means I can't sleep. 
because she's got restless legs. And me, I've got a restless mind. I'm thinking about everything. I'm like, oh my God, what kind of dad am I going to be? <laughs> it's all right. I'm going to be a great dad. I've got a lot of great leaders around me. Mm. Pastor Jason back there. Dad of the year, always. Here's what I know about sleep. Boom. Way too often, myself included, we can allow circumstances to cause us to go crazy. To be restless. To be fearful. To be overcome and overwhelmed by what we are facing. So we react like the disciples. We all do it. Myself included. Pastor Joey included. All of us. Name somebody. This has happened to them. Why do, why do we do this? Why do we react like that? Number one, we don't like being scared. If you like being scared, you're weird, okay? This is weird. Some of y'all like, like going to haunted mazes and stuff like that. I'm like, no, because I will stab somebody. I will stab a clown trying to scare me. Why, why do we do this? We don't like being scared. And two, we like to be in control of our circumstances. We like to be in control of whatever outcome is going to happen. We like to determine how the moment will be. We don't like being scared and we like to be in control. If we placed, if we are placed in a place for potential embarrassment, potential failure, potential loss, we completely swipe out and go to the next option. When I was at basic training, I'm going to talk a lot about the Army just because it's who I am. You, I, have, I have seen one emotion that will stop somebody dead in their tracks. And it's fear. One of my best friends, last name, his name is Turvin, Colby Turvin. He's a pro, semi-pro slash pro uh, CrossFit athlete. He was my bunkmate. And today my best friend uh, from the Army. Before we had even gotten on the bus, he wanted to quit because he was afraid of heights. And he knew that there was going to be a rappel tower two months later. Two months later. We, it wasn't even the next week. Fear does that. Fear makes you think crazy things. Fear makes you panic. Fear makes you stop. Fear puts you dead in your tracks. And here's this moment where we see the disciples afraid. But when we choose to focus on Jesus and rest in the presence of God, we can be at peace in the middle of any storm. Here's what it is. It's not turning a blind eye to the storm. Because obviously it's there. I'm not saying fake it till you make it. Ooh, if I could write another series on that, I would, because I absolutely hate that phrase. This isn't a fake it till you make it moment. This is, there's a storm and it's more than I can handle and I'm afraid. But Jesus is here. And if I rest in him, if I rest in his presence, we'll be all right. You'll be okay. We're simply choosing to rest in his presence of the one that has the storm under control. Number two, we can trust in the power of Jesus. So we can rest in the presence of Jesus. And we can trust in the power of Jesus. Actually, going back, here's something that I thought of just now. Jesus was asleep the whole time of this storm happening. 
Had the disciples not woken Jesus up, he would have stayed asleep. He would have just stayed asleep. What's that telling us in that moment? What, what is scripture telling us right here? Because I wonder, I'm like, Jesus didn't wake up. It took somebody else waking Jesus up. I think he's demonstrating the faith that we should all strive to be, that no matter what is happening around me, if Jesus is in the boat, and if Jesus isn't worried, I'm not worried. I think the disciples missed out on an opportunity to practice and grow in their faith. And they missed out on it because of fear. They missed out on it because they panicked. They missed out on it because they forgot who was in the boat. Just just phrases before this moment. This isn't my notes. We're doing something here. Just moments before this. We saw Jesus do countless of miracles. And they forgot. We forget who's in the boat sometimes. Don't we? We forget. We forget who's in control. We forget that Jesus got us. That Jesus got you. He's with you. What's, what's the boat? That's your life. Jesus is with you. Don't allow fear, don't allow the temptation of fear even, or panic, keep you from practicing an experience of faith that God has given you, that God wants to exercise through you. So we can trust in his presence, we can rest in the presence, and we can trust in his power. See, the issue wasn't about the disciples, uh, whether or not they could or couldn't handle this moment, because it was obvious, right, that they couldn't. The issue was their level of trust and faith in the power of God. That was, that was the issue. In, in, it was a moment of a decision for the disciples. Are you going to stare at the storm and look about all the outcomes and think about all the outcomes and anticipate the worst? Or are you going to focus on Jesus and trust that he is who he says he is, that he is and that he has power over the storm. A lot of us like to fixate on fear. A lot of us like to stare at it. My buddy Turvin, he would sit on the bunk and he would, I could, I I could tell. He was just staring to the future of him falling off the rappel tower, of him being up really, really super high. And he sat there and he thought about it. Get your eyes off of it. I love that hymn that says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full on his wonderful face. And the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. There's so much rich truth in that. Get your eyes off of it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I love what it says in Isaiah 43. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be discouraged for I am your God. I will help you and give you strength. If God is the way maker, if he is the promise keeper that we sing about, 
We can trust in his power that he controls whatever storm we face. Is he a way maker? Is he a promise keeper? Then we can trust and know that God is in control in whatever storm we face. John 16 verse 33 tells us, In this world, you will have difficulty. You will have challenges. It promises you it. I wish this weren't true, but it is. Take it up with Jesus, right? I'm just a messenger. It says, in this world, you will have difficulty. You will have challenges. You will have trials. You will experience moments that are too overwhelming and too heavy to carry if you go at it alone. But he says what? He says, take heart. I love that. Take heart. Have courage. Be filled with faith. Be confident in this truth. I have overcome the world. I have done it. I claim the victor. I am the victor. I am the provider. I am in charge of the storm. He says, you will have trouble, but relax. I've got you. I've got you. Let that be a word for somebody in here. God's got you. He's overcome the world. He's like, hey, you, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, meaning get a hold of yourself. For I have overcome the world. That's the promise. That's another promise that we see. I love it. I love it. There are going to be moments where you're in a boat. There are going to be moments in your life. And the waves will crash and hit hard. Hit really hard. And you feel like you're swimming six feet under upside down. And you don't know what's going on. You feel like you've been blasted from the, from the front and from the side and you're being tossed around and when you experience these moments in your life they're going to definitely be more than you can handle so again what's the lie that God won't give you more than you can handle that's a lie because there are moments where we find ourselves in a place where it's more than we can handle but it is not more than what he can handle he holds all that you are in the palm of his hands he has such a grip on you. He has such an embrace on you. And he's not going to allow you to drown. He's not going to allow you to fall. That's why we rest in his presence. Pastor Jason, we rest in the presence of Jesus in the middle of the storm. Trust in the power of his word to speak to the storm. Be still to speak to whatever mountain you may be facing, to be moved. For some of you, you may be experiencing a storm. I, I've been growing up in ministry my whole life. And I always got annoyed when pastors talked about storms. Right? How many messages have we heard about storms? A lot. Today, when I had that same thought, I'm like, Lord, just, it's so hallmarky so bumper stickery like uh, of course another storm i'm like why like why is this so important because everybody's been in one and he's saying to everyone this promise that in this world you will have trouble but take heart for i have overcome the world it's not a cliche it's not a bumper sticker, it's not just something that, it's not Christianese. It's a moment that God is saying, listen, I've got you. 
I know it's big and I know it's scary and I know it's more than you can handle, but I'm right here and I'm not going anywhere. And if you could take your eyes off of the wind and you can take your eyes off of the waves and if you look at me, you will know that there is peace in the midst of the chaos because where I am, there's security, there's presence, there's calmness, there's power. And I'm telling you tonight, if you were to take your eyes off of the storm and put them on to Jesus, you will know that everything's going to be okay. That everything's going to be all right. Maybe you're tired tonight. Maybe you're overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. My car stopped working today. My favorite car, the Jeep. We, we went and did an ultrasound today. We got to see the baby a little bit, little Dottie, her little cheeks. We saw her nose. So cute. And on the way home, our car just decided, I'm done, and just died. Are you exhausted? Some of you haven't been sleeping. And you haven't slept well, not in days. You haven't slept well in weeks. And dare I say months. Because there's a storm raging around you. And you hear the story and you're like, you kind of feel like Jesus abandons you because he's asleep. No, he is showing you that there is peace in his presence. So, if you're a Christ follower tonight, is your storm bigger than your trust in him? Is your storm bigger than your faith in him? It's been said that the areas of our life that we tend to be most afraid of are the areas we trust God least in. What's your biggest fear? That will show you where you trust God the least. Well, I'm afraid to get sick. So I wear a mask. If you need to wear a mask, wear a mask. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, do you trust God in those areas that you are the most afraid in? I'm afraid to, I'm afraid to try out for the worship team. I'm afraid to take a step in faith and go to camp this year. I don't know if I'm going to make any friends or... I don't see the point in it. God wants to minister to you. And God wants to speak to you in these moments. Just as Jesus asked the disciples in the boat, where is your faith? I ask you tonight, where is your faith? Where is your trust in God? That's not me rebuking you. That's me reminding you. Of who God is. Where is it? It's in him. Put your faith and trust in him. We know that he's with us. He is for us. He's going to help us. And as a follower of Jesus, we can be confident that he is with us and has the power to overcome and be victorious over any storm. There may be some of you tonight And you're like, this is me. I'm afraid. There's things happening in our world. I think about what happened in Texas. And I cry because I love people 
and I see this senseless murder of children, and I'm like, there are families right now that they are in over their head, and they are in the storm of their life. The lie, God won't give you more than you can handle. They just lost their kids. Four kids just lost their mom and their dad. I didn't want to harp on that tonight because I'm not here to get an emotional response from you. But here's the truth that, yes, everybody's in a storm. So what do we do about that? For those of you who are, who are believers and those of you who follow Jesus, you say, I am a Christian. I am an active follower of Jesus the Christ. Here's what I'm saying. Put your faith in Jesus. And there's some of you in here and, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I'm here to tell you tonight that Jesus loves you. And if you begin a relationship with Jesus, you will experience a peace that the Bible says will surpass all understanding. Meaning, you'll find peace in situations where everyone else would be panicking, but you, you're at peace. What's the grace of Jesus What's the grace that we see in this moment, right? We look at the cross and we say, this is grace. This is mercy. What's the grace and mercy in this moment? He could have stayed asleep. But he was awake. That's grace. He could have allowed them to go through it. He could have allowed them to tear themselves apart. But Jesus woke up and calmed it. I'm asking you tonight, if you're in a storm, would you call on Jesus? Would you wake him up? Because sometimes it's just bigger than us. And so let's do this. Would you just bow your head and close your eyes? No one looking around. This isn't like this weird, you know, ceremonial moment. You know, nothing weird's going to happen, but... I want to just give you the privacy. And this first call is going to be for those of you who are in this place and you don't know Jesus, meaning you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Tonight, that feeling that you have in your heart, there's this tugging that's happening. That's, that's the Holy Spirit. And he's inviting you to have a relationship with Jesus. And that will change your life. You'll find peace in storms. You'll be eternally grateful because you'll spend the rest of your life with him in heaven. And in an escape and eternal hell that's waiting. It is because of Jesus that we're saved. It is because of Jesus that he wakes up and calms the storms in our lives. And so if you're in this place and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you would like to start a relationship with him tonight with no one looking around, can you just slip your hand up? Just say, hey, that's me. Hey, that's me. Awesome. I see that hand. I see that hand. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down. Anybody else? Maybe, maybe you're far from Jesus. Maybe you don't feel like if you call to him, he'd answer. 
Maybe you've been away from him. What does that mean? Maybe you haven't been a good follower of Jesus. You've allowed things to distract you. You've allowed things to pull you away from him. And tonight, you would like to rekindle a flame inside your heart and say, hey, I want to get better at following Jesus. If that's you, and you say, hey, I need to come back. Would you just slip your hand up so I can pray for you here in a moment? Awesome, I see those hands. Anybody else, if you're like, hey, my relationship with God is not that strong right now, and I really need some help, just slip up your hand. Awesome, awesome. Once you slip up your hand, you can put it back down. Can we just stand across this place now? And we'll do this. And I want to give you some time to respond tonight because I think it's very important that we allow ourselves to feel. And so if you're going through a storm tonight, whatever it may be, would you be willing to allow us to pray for you? And so can I have all my leaders just line up to the front here? We're going to do something a little different. And right before that, awesome. I'm going to pray here in a moment. And when I say amen, if you need prayer and you're going through something that's just more than you can handle, I've got these awesome leaders in front of me that don't want you to be alone in it. And they want to pray with you. And if you are one of those people where you say, hey, I don't know Jesus and I would like to have a relationship with him, I'll invite you in this moment as we're all coming to come down to the front. And if that was you, just tell the person here, maybe you know them, just say, hey, I raised my hand. I want to know Jesus. And that person can lead you in a prayer. And the rest of us, if you're in this place, and you just need somebody to partner with you and what you're going through. I want to invite you to the front. Once I say amen, Lord, you're so kind. You're so gracious to us. And we're so thankful for the life of Jesus who could have let us wander on the ocean and be tossed by the waves, but it's because of grace and mercy that he woke up and showed us that there is rest in his presence. That there is power in him. Lord, tonight, if people are here and they're facing something that is just bigger than them, Lord, remind us tonight that it will never be bigger than you. We praise you, God, in Jesus' name. Go ahead, we can play and sing. So if that's you and you need prayer, I want to invite you to come down to the front so that we can pray with you, partner with you, and believe in God will help you.